How are you guys doing? How many of you guys have heard of Fountain View Academy? Yeah, many of you. How many of you have heard of Fountain View in reference of music? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Fountain View Academy, it first and foremost, is known for its, for its music. I'll just, I'm just going to go through a few pictures, show you what we do um, on the farm, show you kind of the crops we grow, talk a little bit about um, kind of the structure of our program, and then I'm going to leave a few minutes for questions that you guys may have. So Fountain View Academy is not just music, as many people only know Fountain View for. Fountain View Academy places a huge emphasis on outdoor education and recreation, doing lots of camping trips and ski trips and lake trips, everything in the outdoors. Fountain View Academy does lots of outdoor um, recreation. Fountain View, as I already mentioned, we do lots of concerts each year, um, music tours. We, we do lo lots of local concerts within British Columbia. Um, First, I guess I should tell you, Fountain View Academy is in British Columbia, Canada, if you didn't know that. So we do lots of local concerts, um, and that's a qu full choir, full orchestra, and they go to churches, so on and so forth. But then a couple times a year, they do a more major concert. And we always have a California concert, as we call it, and we go all the way down the coast of Washington, Oregon, California, and con do concerts all, all along the way. Um, and then every couple of years, we do an overseas trip. So it's been uh, Mongolia this last year, We've done, um, oh, my mind's going like Europe a couple years before that, and so on and so forth. So Fountain View has a huge emphasis on music and, and definitely um, gets its name out there through the concerts and the music ministry that it does. And a, a right hand to that is also filming and productions. Um, so they do a lot of filming. We have our own media department there. They do um, music videos in the outdoor setting. This is a lake near, near our academy, about 20 minutes away. Um, this was one of the filming scenes, this, so the girls are there singing, video cameras behind in the boat, so on and so forth. So, so the Fountain View, with the music component, also takes it to a production um, component as well and, and does that. Um, but the reason why we're here is we're talking about farming, and that's also another huge part of Fountain View Academy. Um, Fountain View Academy, as most academies, or at least from what I understand, self-supporting academies, um, has a work-study program. So our students are involved in classes for half a day, and then they're involved in work, the work program for half a day. And that work program can be anywhere from being assigned to the cafeteria to help prepare meals, can be assigned to the custodial department to clean toilets and scrub floors and windows, um, cleaning out vehicles, campus department, taking care of the mowing, the weed whacking, the flower beds, um, scraping snow, whatever it is, right? Um, maintenance, um, taking care of houses and upkeep of that. The media department is also another work program we have. So the students are in the media department, they work and they learn how to edit videos and songs and whatnot like that. And then we have the music department, which is another work industry. Um, and they learn how to edit songs or arrange songs and compose songs. We also have the auto shop and they learn how to do maintenance on vehicles and fix and repair things. But then the, the largest industry on, on the campus is the farm. And in, in the busiest part of our season, the farm is drying. I, I should say the farm has has had up to about 87 to 90 students in, in a year. This year we're, um, and that fluctuates depending on how many staff kids we have attending. This year we're down around just under 80. Um, so, but the farm during its busiest season is drawing about 40 students a day. So 40 students times three and a half hours is what the, what the farm is, um, is, is drawing to its, to its wow. industry department. Yeah. What's your enrollment? What's that? What's your enrollment? Our enrollment? Yeah. I'm not exactly sure this year. I think it's somewhere around 78, <coughs> something like that. 
um, it fluctuates from year to year. Our max capacity, capacity is 80, um, but then that number is increased based on how many staff kids we have. So we can take up to 87, 90, um, but the dorms are really maxed out at 80. Yeah. So Fountain View Academy, if you know that Fountain View Farms, you also know that Fountain View Farms carrots. Carrots has been for many years one of our main crops. Fountain View Academy came to this location um, back, I think it was about 1985. So it's been there for a little over 30 years. Um, and I think it was in the mid 90s that Fountain View Academy, they were doing ginseng for many years and Fountain View Academy said, hey, let's, um, we, they recognize an industry in the carrots and they've been doing that for many, many years and doing very well at it. Um, Fountain View has been growing roughly 500,000 pounds of carrots each year. Some years it's a little more, some years it's a little less, um, so on and so forth. But over the next, last year we started a plan and we're still implementing that plan. And as you were saying, I think it was earlier, you don't just turn a farm and change a farm in the course of one year. Um, it's, it's a good five year process. And so we're moving towards, and hopefully it's not gonna take us five years, but we're moving towards increasing our production. As I mentioned last night, we wanna take our production from 500,000 to a million pounds. And that's not gonna be just twice as much acreage. We're gonna be doing about 50% more acres, but we're gonna find methods and ways to, to, to make that a little denser and put those carrots in a little thicker so we can pull a million pounds of carrots each year. Um, right now we are maxed out with um, doing things manually. We can't really take on more production um, with just doing, doing it manually. You can work them harder, but you really can't get much more production out of them. So we're looking at ways to, to automate things. So one of those systems is going to be um, an automatic carrot bagger. So that's really, our, that's really our, one of our bottlenecks is getting the carrots from the cooler. We store them dirty in the cooler um, in big bins, thousand pound bins, plastic tote or plastic liner. We stick the carrots in there dirty. And as we have sales or as we're producing them, washing them, packaging them, we pull them out of the cooler, stick them in the wash drum, put them into packages and they go to market. So we, can own, we can't really do that. That's our bottleneck. We can't really do more than $10,000, $12,000 worth of inventory a day. We can't, we can't produce it if, without drawing a lot more labor. So we're like, okay, how can we reduce the impact on student labor and still increase production? Um, so we're looking at an automated system. We're also, to get more efficiency out of the field, we're looking at tractors with GPSs. That way we can make our rows straighter, we can reduce our tire tracks, we can just find a lot more efficiencies in our weeding process, and our cultivation process, our, our seeding process, and, and everything along with that. Um, so these are just a few pictures. I don't know if everyone can see here. I'll scoot over here. This is, we, we live in a beautiful place. We are very blessed. We, um, we're about three and a half hours northeast of Vancouver. Um, the nearest town is about 20 minutes away, but that town is only 2,200 people. Our nearest Walmart is two hours away. So it's a fun shopping, fun shopping, grocery shopping. We, we have two trips a month where we go into town and go grocery shopping. So it's a beautiful setting. This is, these are some of the pictures of the farm. These are carrots in the field, as you can see, harvesting up there in the right-hand corner. Um, our school building is right there. You walk out 20 feet later. You're, you're in a carrot field. Um, so it's, it's right there on either side of the, I'll go, actually I don't know if it's, as you can see there on the left side of the, the academic building, um, there's an orchard, same size orchard on the right hand side. So the, the, the academic building is surrounded by two large orchards and then the field and greenhouses and mountains 
um, out the front of it. These are just some of the some of the things we do, some of the things we see every day. This is um, a harvester. So the harvester goes along. Um, Arthur was there. What was it last year or two years ago? 2016. Okay. So a year ago, two harvests ago, he was there and he was he was helping us harvest and um, that was a fun experience. So it goes it, the harvester goes through, picks up one row of carrots at a time, a plow underneath them and belts above them that grab the carrot tops and cuts them off and sends it over into this tractor with wagon. Um, I, I looked and looked for more pictures of our carrot sorting process. I could not find very many. So the carrots go through a wash drum. They go through a series of conveyors and on the, then it comes through these main packing line, two conveyors, and the students put the picture on the left, the students put the carrots into the scale when it reaches two pounds or five pounds, depending on what size package we're packing. packing. Then they dump that into their bag. They tie it, tie it with, a, with a tape tie um, and then goes into our final package, final bundle bags. This is, this is a line, so this gives you a little better idea. Um, so the carrots are coming through there on this carrot line and they're, they're sitting there putting them up when their scale reads the weight. They, as you can see back there in the very back, they're dumping the carrots into their bag. Those things just tip from the scales. One of our other crops are probably, our, not volume wise, but our second largest crop in the way of revenue dollars is garlic. In BC, we are very blessed. How, many, how much does organic garlic go for here in the US? Five dollars. Five dollars? Okay. Up to seven. Is that retail? That's what you'll pay in the grocery store? See, in, in BC, there's a, there's a huge push for um, local and organic. So we can really take advantage of that market. Um, and we, we can, for, for a pound of garlic wholesale, we can, we can get up to eight fifty a pound. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very good market. It's hard to grow. It's, it's a science. You, you have to be a scientist to grow that crop. Um, but it, it's a very good ca ca cash revenue crop. Um, retail, we, we were taking advantage of the seed garlic, seed garlic um, market for a couple of years. Um, how long that market will last, we're not sure, but you can get actually $12 a pound in the seed garlic market because you're selling it for someone that's gonna multiply it by seven or whatever, how many of your cloves are in that bulb. So Fountain View took advantage of this. Um, we still have not worked out all the kinks. We still have not gotten it down to a science, but we're working on it. And as you can see, we put in, uh, or we get out about 170,000. Well, no, this year we, we planted about 170,000 plants. And it's a very labor intensive crop. Every single bulb has to be broken apart by hand and the clo each clove separated, each clove put into the ground by hand um, and covered up by hand. And so it's a very labor intensive crop and then harvested by hand and clipped by hand. And then once that's cured, then we have to go clean it by hand, take off all the dirty wrappers and then we package it by hand. Nothing's automated in the garlic, the garlic process right now. So 170,000, just to give you an idea, is just over two acres. So um, on two acres of garlic, so if someone can do the math for us, 12,000 pounds, roughly times $8 a pound, 96,000. So you can see you're making um, 40, $48,000 per acre with the garlic. Um, so it's a, very, it's a very good cash revenue yeah, gross. That's right. Um, 
Our, our second largest by volume and by area is, is, is winter squash. As I mentioned last night, um, the farm was for, for a few years, they had been experimenting and doing like a quarter acre max of, of winter squash. Um, different varieties, butternut, kabocha, um, which is a green Japanese version of squash. It, they did a little bit of spaghetti. Um, I think that was the main ones. And then when I came out on the farm a couple of years ago, we decided to take it to a one acre and see how that did. That first year we had mountains of weeds, but that didn't seem to affect anything. Um, we prayed over it as we did the carrots and we got roughly $26,000 from that one acre of, of squash, which is a huge blessing. Um, and if you go back and look at the inputs into the squash, you are, your, your inputs are a lot less. Your labor is a lot less than carrots, your labor is a lot less than garlic, your, and your direct inputs are a lot less. So we, we, we like the squash. This year we, we experimented, we went to five acres, which is a huge jump. We hadn't even, the market hadn't given us permission yet to, um, to, to increase that, that much, but we went ahead and, we went ahead and increased it anyhow. Um, we, we still didn't have enough organic market to, to absorb all that squash. So we actually sold some of it as conventional, even though we grew it organically, we just, to not waste it, we sold some as conventional. And so that was a blessing. We were actually getting the, pri the, the price that we budgeted for with the, with the squash, we got that even as conventional. And so we were, we were praising the Lord for that. Um, so we did butternut this year, we did kabocha, we did spaghetti, and we did delicata. Delicata, which is the right hand top, top right hand corner. Um, we did a little bit less of that. That was obviously our, our we only did like 2,000 pounds of that. Um, the spaghetti, we did more like 60,000 pounds or something, and then the rest was butternut and kabocha. Kabocha was just a little bit as well. Um, we have a hard time with kabocha because of the mice. They, they really like to attack that squash for some reason. So that, yeah, they just go and they just eat up the skin. So we, we're not gonna do that anymore. It's too hard to keep them under control. And then another, another part of the farm is the orchards. We have um, a little over, I think, or nearly 300 fruit trees on campus, which is, is a big task. So Peter Luchuk, he's our grounds uh, manager. He oversees the, the, the lawns, the sprinklers, the, the, the roadways, everything. He also oversees the orchards, which is, which is nice. He, that's his expertise. He takes care of the pruning um, of those trees. So they're going to be pruning here shortly. Um, and they try to get those all pruned before the first buds come out on the trees. Um, but we have apple trees here. I'll, I guess I have pictures. So we have lots of apple trees. Apple trees is our main, our main, um, ver main, main fruit from the orchards. Then we have pears and we have plums. We have lots of cherries. We have lots of um, apricots. Apricots is probably our second largest. And so these crops, yes, we sell them, but we don't do a lot of them. Like I think last year was like $6,000 in sales for the orchards. Most of it is take, it, most of it is for the campus community. So we have um, maybe 15 or 20 staff homes on campus. And those staff homes have free access to these orchards. And that's just a service that we provide for the campus community. So they can go and they can take fruit from these trees and they can preserve it. And um, as many of you know, in self-supporting work, you don't get a large salary. So that helps out a lot. Um, but we do sell some and then we, we preserve a lot for the cafeteria as well. So we make applesauce, we, we freeze apples for apple crisps, we freeze cherries. And then we, brought, we also buy in fruit that we don't necessarily grow. We buy in peaches and blueberries and stuff like that. And we, we freeze those for the cafeteria use. Um, and then the last 
part of the segment of the farm is the greenhouses. And the greenhouses are still, you know, something we're trying to get up and off the ground, trying to make it worth our, worth our time and our money. We do, we do recognize, um, because the farm is interesting at Fountain View, we're wanting to make it as educational as possible, right? And where the students learn how to, the ABCs of, of agriculture and farming and gardening, we're also wanting to make revenue, right? And sometimes balancing those two is, is extremely hard. But I, I feel, and many of us feel, that the greenhouse is really the place where that education takes place. Um, on the carrot farm, you're more heavy equipment, you're more just like, it's more um, industrialized, right? Um, you're just trying to get large crops, large volumes to market to make the revenue. But the greenhouses, we feel like, is the educational place. That's where the students get their hands in the dirt. That's where the students watch the seeds grow that they planted. That's where they transplant them and they're watching the root systems and they're, they're, they're fertilizing. They're just, they're just more in tune to what's happening with the plants. And so that is, uh, I don't think, it, it's far from successful, um, but that's one, one thing we're wanting to get more successful. The, green, the, the primary use of the greenhouses right now, unfortunately, is just for starters. And we start all our squash plants in there. We start, we start all of our plants in there. And we, last year we started in January. Um, we have substitute lighting. We also had a wood stove in there. Um, we have a double layer plastic with air between. So it helps a lot. We can start in January. We actually created two greenhouses within the greenhouse. So you build one inside and then you build another one inside that just to, just to get some plants started. Um, but the secondary use of the greenhouse, we have four greenhouses right now. Well, one greenhouse and three hoop houses up right now. Um, we're in the process of constructing another greenhouse. And those, the second primary, which we want to get to the first primary use of the greenhouse is providing food for the cafeteria. Um, and we do that now. We provide lettuces and cucumbers and tomatoes and eggplants and a whole variety of, of produce for the cafeteria. Um, but we're wanting to get it to where it's producing, I don't know, percentages like 75% of the produce for the cafeteria. Obviously we can't grow avocados and citrus and stuff like that, but we want to get the majority of the produce in the cafeteria uh, that's in the cafeteria from the greenhouses. And so we're really vigorously trying to to make that more efficient um, and find easier ways to do it. Next year, what we're gonna do is we're gonna experiment with planting in bags um, and just lay them on the ground. That'll eliminate weed control. That'll help with weeding. Um, you can put them a little closer together. And so we're gonna experiment with that and see if, we, see if that helps out a lot. And then you just take that after the end of the season, you take the dead plants out, you take that soil that you grew in, you throw it in a pile, add some nutrients, some more compost, and then that's your soil for the next year. Um, so, Yes. Did the cook agree with your story? Did the cook agree with your story? What story? That you want to get 75% there. The cook agrees with you? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Then we, at the end, you tell us how you make him agree. Thank you. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so why agriculture? I mean, many of you know. You can find slews of quotes in, in, in the spirit of prophecy. A couple of these that I like, in cultivating carefulness, patience, attention to detail, obedience to law, it, it imparts a most essential training. The constant contact with the mystery of life and the loveliness of nature, as well as the tenderness called forth in ministering to these beautiful objects of God's creation, tends to quicken the mind and refine and elevate the character. Students should be given a practical education in agriculture. This will be of an inestimable value to many in their future work. Agriculture will help to open resources for self-support. The cultivation of the land will bring a special blessing to the workers. We should, do, we should so train the youth that they will love to engage in the cultivation of the soil. So we should make the agriculture the most exciting. And praise the Lord. I mean, not everyone's this way.
but there's a whole handful of students. Um, actually, let me read the first next quote and then I'll come back to that. No line of manual training is of more value than agriculture. A greater effort should be made to create and encourage an interest in agriculture pursuits. So the Fountain View Academy, the way we work is we, what we're, tr we're moving towards and we've, we've been doing this year um, is divvying up the, their work assignments based on a two-month rotation. So if you're in a department, we try to keep them in there as far as possible for two months, and that will give them the most um, consistency with that department. They learn the ins and the outs of, of the task involved. Because if you have a student in the farm for a week and then they moved on to the cafeteria, they haven't really learned anything. So we're trying to keep them as long as possible without making them upset in one in a, any given department, and um, and then they can really learn that area. Um, so the students that were with me last last term that ended just before Christmas break, um, they came to me just in the last week or so, and they were just begging me day after day. Can you please ask if I can be back on the farm? Can I please be back on the farm? I want to be on the farm. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Like that's, that's exactly what we want to create in our young people, right? Mm -hmm. We want them to love the farm. We want them to not despise custodial work or hate it, to, to, to bear their responsibility when they're cleaning the toilet, but we really want them to enjoy being in nature and to enjoy weeding, enjoy planting, enjoy cultivation and, and the things that come along with that. So that's what I have. That's a little bit about the, uh, just a quick overview of what the farm is doing. The, I will say that from, my, from what I hear of other academies, I say Fountain View is probably one of the most supportive of the agriculture programs that I know. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's 100% there. I'm not saying that there's not friction between departments and friction between the farm and, and the school. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it, they're, as a general rule of thumb, the, the, the board actually, the board is the driving force. And the board is actually wanting to see the farm do more, see the, see the students more, more involved in agriculture. Um, increase in the industry. They're the ones pushing for the increased industry. Um, the on-site staff too, as well. There's, for the most part, pretty, people are pretty supportive of it. Obviously, when you, when you encroach upon other people's territory, they, it's hard. Um, but for the most part, from what I hear of other academies, I'm like, okay, I can't complain. Because <laughs> Fountain, Fountain View is in a good position and, and the people there that, um, the, the leaders of Fountain View really see a benefit of agriculture. Um, so. That's a good that's a good question. So the thank you. So the question is the, how much of the the revenue or the gross um, gross revenue from the school goes back into the farm and how much goes into the school is that correct? Yeah, how much goes to the farm, how much goes to the school? Um, operating expenses. Yeah. So the way Fountain View operates is Fountain View we Fountain View does all the accounting. The farm does none of the accounting work. So when we, when we make a sale, we create an invoice and that goes to the accounting office. And the accounting office also does the accounting for every single aspect of the, of the academy. Um, so at the beginning of the year, I create a budget. That above it, budget is either approved or denied or, or changed and then reapproved. And then that is my budget for the year. I praise the Lord I get to operate on that budget. I know there was some talk earlier. Um, about the difficulties, but yeah, that's, that's my budget. And for the most part, I get to operate within that budget and people don't, um, really put up a, put up a fit, but all the monies that all of the gross revenues from the farm, those get, go back into the school and then they give me my budget money. Does that make sense? 
So let's just use fake numbers here. Let's say revenue is $500,000. All that $500,000 is gonna go to, go to the school. And then at the beginning of the year, I'm gonna say, okay, I want 175,000 to operate the farm. They give me 175,000 to operate the farm. Does that make sense? And that's for, that's for direct inputs. So they, somehow in the accounting office, my salaries don't even show up on my budget. We don't, we don't, evaluate, we don't value on paper in the accounting office, we don't value the student labor. Um, we, we, we're definitely mindful of it and we, and we keep track of it, but we don't actually exchange numbers in the accounting office for student labor. No. So when a student comes to Fountain View Academy, they're expected to work three and a half hours a day. And, and that, that, that's part of the program. That's a vocational education component. They don't, they don't get paid for that. Um, they do get paid if they stay the summer, though. And so the way the summer program works, just, just for those of you who are curious, um, a student, so first and foremost, those that need the tuition assistance, those are encouraged to stay. Um, so we say, okay, you need, you're struggling financially, you stay at Fountain View and you, you should work the summer. Unless they say, well, no, I have a better job at home than whatever. But so we try to encourage people. We, we did a little bit of a recruiting last year and we said, hey, we'll actually, because we, the year before we were tight on labor. We only had about 11 in the summer and that's really not enough to hand weed 20 acres of carrots. Um, and so we were tight. And that's, that's when I, as I mentioned last night, that's when we had to plow in seven acres. So fourth of carrots but this year we recruited a little bit we actually upped wage we said okay what can they make in the US minimum wage average minimum wage top minimum wage $11 an hour okay that's how they can make US what is that worth Canadian so we gave them that in equivalence of Canadian because Canadians a little bit more and then we say okay you get free room and board so I think that they ended up making equivalent in the package with the free room and board it was upwards of $18 an hour is what they were getting but cash value I think it was right around 15 14 dollars an hour Yeah, we can, we can, and the reason we can is because, <laughs> what's that? Oh, so the question was labor laws here in the U.S., um, and how does that affect us in Canada? So we are a school, and on the school, because we have a, so I should have mentioned that with the summer work program, we also have an agriculture program, and our teachers, science teacher, so on and so forth, different teachers, they come together and they teach an agriculture class. Um, so that is recognized, okay, the students are coming, they're enrolled in that class, so they are on the campus of the school they're going to, and the, that, the government, the rules say that they are allowed to work on the campus Amen. that they're enrolled in. So they couldn't, go to, they couldn't go to the local town and work. They couldn't do that, but yeah, they can work. Actually, in BC, you can work at age 14. At age 13, you can work with parental permission, so written parental permission. So it's, it's definitely, it's nice. I think it's just under 16,000. Okay, can I answer her one question about the cafeteria? Let's take your last question and then we'll be done. Your, what was your question again about the cafeteria? And the How do you convince the cook? Because we have a problem. The cook doesn't want anything from the farm. Okay, so how do we convince the cook that they should be using the produce? The the, the Everything 
comes from U.S. food and comes just warmer. So we cannot convince the cook to use. Oh, so you only have warm-up stuff. You can't. You don't have open flame. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so uh, for the sake of our, our next speaker, I'd like to defer that. Will you come back at 4 o'clock? Yes. Okay, so sitting in the room, we have a chef that runs the food industry at Portland Adventist Academy and the Portland, uh, Oregon conference. So, uh, this is why I was asking, we, we need to be here together. This is a really important question because once kids start to eat the food that they grew, you start to connect the links in people's minds. Really, really good question. Um, thank you for letting me, no problem. I hate to be rude in a situation like this. Um, Mario, uh, again is from heritage Academy in Tennessee. Uh, he and four others, you said, Yes. I need you to put this on here. Um, are uh, trying to rejuvenate the agriculture program there. Awesome. you have slides or anything? Yes. Yeah, we got some slides. Well, now it's our turn. I got, I got a crew with me. So I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand it over to Rob, Rob Kyle, and then he's going to give you kind of like an introduction, and then we'll see if we can get the slides going, and then we'll go and show you what we're doing at Heritage Academy. All right. Well, while she's getting the slides up, here, guys, come over this way. I want to tell you a little about Heritage Academy and what we're doing. So how many of you have heard of Heritage Academy? Okay. So um, as maybe some of you know, some of you don't, Heritage Academy is located in Monterey, Tennessee. Um, so, and we have about around 50 students, a little less than 50 students right now. And Heritage Academy in the past has had somewhat of an agriculture program. Um, it's not necessarily what I would like to see, but we've had something that's been going. And so it's been good. It was a start. Um, there's about... I would say four acres that are cultivated each summer, and there's four greenhouses. And the only problem with the greenhouses is they were only used in the summer. They weren't being used in the fall, the spring, and the winter, except for one. Okay, three of them were not being used in the fall, the spring, or the winter, only in the summer. So last year, Mario and I and another team member that's not here went to Ad Agra in Florida at Camp Calacoa. And we were really inspired. We saw all the things that were going on at different schools and the different things that people were talking about. And we were really inspired to start something at our school. So we went back after that and we came up with a plan. And we presented this plan that we had to our, the rest of the staff members of the school. They presented it to the board and it was approved. Praise God. Like they were, everyone was on board. Um, it was really awesome. And so to not just take over with the program that has been happening, but kind of add to our agriculture program. So. We came up with a plan. Um, we took uh, four students, so one from each grade, and these are the students here. Um, we'll introduce them a little bit later. And they are our master gardeners. So they work in the garden as their vocational time. So it's kind of similar to Fountain View, three and a half hours a day. They work in the garden. So we got these two guys over here that work in the morning, and these two work in the afternoon. And uh, so they work in the garden. That is their job. And then we have the rest of the school, all the other students, they come an hour a week and work in the garden as well as a class. So right now what we're doing, what we started, is we have two of those four greenhouses that we have been growing in. We started um, growing in about September. That's so when we started. It kind of was slow um, getting started. But uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff, and God is really blessed. So we're going to show you kind of what and talk about um, what has been happening, what we've been doing. And we want the students to share with what they've been doing. Okay? We don't want you just to hear from us as staff. We want you to hear. So um, we'll start with Andrew. Andrew, you introduce yourself um, right. and talk about a little bit what's going on. Well, my name's Andrew, and I am the senior master gardener at Heritage Academy. And so this is kind of how our journey began in the greenhouse. We, at first, we had a bunch of 
tomato plants and other plants already that were grown in there from previous crops. So what we had to do was we had to harvest all the rest of the tomatoes. We didn't want to waste anything. So we harvested all the rest of the tomatoes that were left in there. And we cleared out little by little all of the uh, tomato plants because we wanted to start with a clean slate and all of those were in the way. So we pulled out all the tomato plants and all the other plants that were there and we had to clear out a little area just basically everything. We had to get rid of everything in the greenhouse so we could start out with a clean slate and have uh, a plane to start laying out our other crops that we were going to start planting in there. So this is kind of like what it looked like before and then what it started to look like after we were done. Um, yeah. So the last previous slide, it was like, you know, the tomato things. And the funny, well, it's not funny, but it was kind of funny. It was that it was infested with caterpillars and like all these other bugs. And um, um, I worked with a couple guys in my shift, and there's one guy that hates bugs, any bugs. And it's hilarious because there's caterpillars everywhere. And so we will take one and we'll say, Godfrey, turn around. So you turn around and we throw it at him. And you literally scream and run out of the greenhouse. And so it was kind of fun, even though it's nasty. Uh, we try to see uh, which guy can hold the most caterpillars in his arms. And we wanted to see uh, how much pressure it can hold without it busting. Yeah, we, we killed a lot. <laughs> so even though it's nasty, you know, it's hard work, but we try to have fun at the same time. And so it's really fun, even though... We hate it at times, but as the year is going on, you know, we all love it, and so it's been really cool. I'm very privileged to be part of this Master Gardening thing, and um, I'm really happy about it. Oh, yes. My name is Kenotis, and I'm a Master Gardener and Junior. <laughs> so not only did we have the two greenhouses in the beginning, but we also wanted to experiment working outside. And so there was already a large field that was being used, but we um, were able to get a section of this field. You can see a small section there that we were able to get. And this field was in terrible condition. Um, whenever it rained, the water would cut directly through the field. And there was always a big, huge washout there. And it was wet and muddy. And so we had to fix that. And if you notice in the picture, especially the left-hand picture on the left side we put in um, a swale so that it would redirect the water out of that field so we could actually use the field and um, get it into something more profitable and this is after we just ran through it with the tractor once um, before that it was just not being used really and so we ran through it with the tractor once and began to clear that field so that we could put in some outdoor crops as well and see you know what kind of crops would work well outside and use also the ones inside the greenhouse and you'll see in later pictures how this began to develop and how we prepared this as well. And so Mason will tell us a little bit how we prepared this field. Okay, so um, my name is Mason, and I'm the sophomore Master Gardener. And so basically when we had come out here, so... Um, okay. So when we came through, so it got run through with the tractor once, you know, plowed under. Well, it was still hard underneath. And so we had to take a broad fork, you know, we each had a broad fork, and we'd go, and we went and broad fork the field, I think was it three or four times? And so that took a long time in the hard soil because it was dry. And then we would rake it over and then make the rows, and then we'd dig ditches on the side and then pound down pathways. And so then, you know, we could walk, you know, and it would not all slide in. Yeah. 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 
Um, we are um, putting carrots in the far back um, left side, and we put it carrots in like two rows, and that's. <laughs> we put kale. Yeah, we had a lot of carrots. Twelve rows. <laughs> yeah, two twelve, and in the front rows we put like kale and like these weird little white. Carrot-looking things? I don't really know what they're called. I don't know. But they're really weird tasting. and <laughs> Kind of nasty. Okay. So as, as, as you can see, the uh, photo on the right, that's when we were putting the, the amendments in. We had, uh, working along with John Dysinger, he came over and he wants to help uh, our school be a, a pilot school to share with other schools of what we're doing and how we're doing stuff. So we went and got a soil sample. We went and see what we were short of. We added it. We constructed the rows. Um, and then we did the same thing in the greenhouses. And then uh, we started um, doing soil blocks. I think that's on the next picture. So that's, that's pretty much what it looked like on the left-hand picture. Um, nice and clean slate to start with. And then uh, up on the top, we just started doing soil blocks. And that was a lot of work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. So we started everything by seed, um, either by soil block or if not, direct planting with the cedar. Uh, the carrots, um, I'll, I'll let uh, the carrot professional tell her experience on how she... Yeah, I always get blamed if there's something that looks not quite straight. I get blamed for it because I planted all the carrots. <laughs> and we have this um, little machine. I forgot to put a picture in here. But it's a type of cedar that we use to make semi-straight rows, except for when I'm the first person using it. And it kind of goes a little wobbly at first, but hey, we, it worked. And it really helped us with the process of seeding the carrots. Not only did we use it for carrots, um, we used it for other things like radishes and other small seeds in the greenhouse and also outside in the field just to speed up the process and make it more efficient so you didn't have to go in and measure everything and put it in by hand trying to make sure it got straight. But with the, the cedar we used, it was um, a lot more efficient and we were able to accomplish a lot more so yeah I get blamed for the carrots if they're messed up <laughs> all right so as as every project that you start you know it looks kind of questionable when you start off but then you know you pray always obviously always pray over your your, your plantings your seeds everything you do before we start doing anything we pray uh, that's one of the main things that please just emphasize that. Just pray, pray, and pray that the Lord will bless it. It's, it's not just us doing it, but that's, it's him doing it through us. Um, if you want to go to the next slide and see, hopefully it looks better than that. There you go. See, look. Doesn't that look pretty? <laughs> that looks a lot better, right? Well, a little better than it was. So as, as, as we um, constructed the rows, they're 30-inch uh, rows. But if, if you guys looked at uh, or heard any of your seminars, some people have 12-inch walkways 17 inch walkways well we have seven inch walkways so we because we wanted to make as much as we can plant as much as we can in those greenhouses and the main purpose was to provide salad 
for our salad bar for our cafeteria. That was our, our proposal. That was our goal uh, this winter because it was just winter salad. And I think, I think we did a good job. And, uh, and now, now that the winter's hopefully over, but uh, I see the sun outside, so I'm hoping it's warm. Uh, and now we go into the next. We go into spring. See what else? See what else we're gonna go in. So this is this is our experimental winter garden, and we're trying to revamp it so that all the kids are involved. Um, uh, I, I didn't mention before, but I also teach the uh, freshman gardening class. So we will. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and um, teach the freshmen how to have a personal garden, but then also they also learn when they're ag in in the agricultural program with this. Go ahead, and you can go more slides and. No, it looks beautiful, doesn't it? Look at that. Oh, and, and keep showing some more so we can sh show the sides and see how the, how the kids. I think that's when they were doing the, look at the switch chart, I think it is, and the kale, collards, uh, and spinach on the left-hand side, sorry. So, yeah, I mean, our, our goal this winter was just to provide salad for our salad bar. But as you can see, we've been, um, the Lord blessed it. And we kind of looked at a year, two years, and three years down the line. And our goal, three years, was to sell. But it's happening now, which it's not us. It's it's God. He's 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 producing the plants, making everything go well. And I mean, it's surpassed what we expected. You know, He always makes more happen for us. Um, sure. One thing I want to say about the students is sometimes it's just like a few people or a few of the students that get to be in the garden. But we, what we envisioned it as seeing the whole school being able to get in the garden, every class member being able to get in the garden. And that was our plan. And so we were so excited that this was able to happen, that each class was able to have time in the garden as a class. So they're not only there, but they're working together, you know, building more relationships together as a class and you know bonding and also learning the spiritual lessons from the garden as well and so that's just really I felt that was really exciting because um, in different schools I went to a school that didn't have total student involvement and I just I saw the need for more of that and so that was really exciting we were able to do this as well and you guys can speak for it as well but I think they enjoy it out in the garden as a class right <laughs> most of the time <laughs> So our fruits of our labors, the Lord really blessed. You can see things really just took off from what it looked like in the beginning. You know, if you saw the beginning slides, it was like a jungle in there, all the tomatoes growing up everywhere. And the Lord just really blessed in that it was able to transform this into something that was more organized and also that produced above and beyond what we expected. Like it really did grow above and beyond what we expected. And the Lord just really blessed in all this. You see the, the greens there, the lettuce, the turnips, the radishes. I mean, it was just beautiful. That's, that's um, inside the greenhouse, but if you remember, we had that field outside. The Lord blessed that too, and it just turned into something amazing. We had rows of turnips, rows of radishes. Um, we had the strawberries that we transplanted out there that are growing. Um, we had outside kale um, that was a more hardier winter version kale that's growing out there too. Um, we did mizuna, um, different cut, that was a type of cut salad green. And, you know, just experimenting with various things, seeing how they work, how they produce. And again, you can see what happened. The Lord turned our efforts, and we say we do addition, but the Lord does multiplication. <laughs>
So it wasn't all super easy. We didn't get it all done just like instantly. It took like a lot of days of hard work and it was worth it though in the end we when we looked at all of it. But we, we went through a few trials. First we had some pests and they were eating our food and everything and we didn't really know how to take care of it at first but then we learned it was all learning experience for us of what we were supposed to do and so we learned how we have to take care of like the aphids that get all over of our plants and also it got it was really rainy one season so uh, we had to learn how to dig these trenches they were kind of like trenches and ditches to uh make the water not flow all over our garden and flood it all in and just just go off the side and pass our garden so we wouldn't lose everything so it was but it was all a really good learning experience and I I enjoyed it a lot so All right, as you can see, you know, with that rain, we didn't just have fun in the garden, we had fun behind the garden. We had a little mud pit and uh yeah, that was that was a fun day. <laughs> we didn't get a whole lot of work done, but hey, people loved it. So and we got the students excited so they could have go back and tell their friends, yeah, we had so much fun in, fun in the garden. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So you can see um, some of the things that we did. We found on the left, you can see we found it actually it's a three, I don't know what you call it, a three bay uh, stainless steel sink that was actually in one of the basements of the houses at the school. So we didn't have to buy that. So we brought that in, we put it in our greenhouses. Um, you can see the middle picture. We set up an irrigation system. We actually hooked up to um, another well that wasn't being used at the, on the campus. So it's separate from our drinking water. So we have a well specifically just for the greenhouses and the garden space outside. So we put in all that irrigation um, so we can keep uh, our plants watered well. And then you can see our tables. They're kind of uh, makeshift, but they worked. We went and collected a bunch of pallets in the town. Um, we went and cut, I had a bunch of, uh, I cut firewood at the school as well. So I had some uh, poles that I just cut up and we made legs for the tables. They're not exactly straight and even, but hey, it worked for our transplants, our seedlings and the little soil blocks. So those are some of the things. Um, in the future, yeah, we can start improving it and making better tables, but you know what, it works. And uh, God really blessed the efforts and um, the labors that we put in. So it's pretty amazing to see how things are coming together, um, how different things are getting donated, we're finding different things that we can use. So even on a limited budget, we were able to get a lot done. So it's pretty cool. All right, so this is the first time we started selling our products. Uh, if you see the picture on the left, um, this was a international food fair that we had at our school and we set up a booth with all the different produce that we had from the garden and it went off went over really really well people were excited they were so excited to see the fresh greens and the students were excited they were proud of these stuff that the stuff that they had grown that they had you know washed that they had taken care of they had weeded and it we sold that was the first day we sold and we sold I don't know several hundred dollars worth of um, produce, and which is a good start because like Mario said, that wasn't in our plan until three years down the road. So this is way, we are way ahead of the plan that we had. Um, so we're providing everything we needed for the salad bar and for the cafeteria, and we had above and beyond. So we started selling it, and after the food fair, we started getting people that were ordering weekly, on a weekly basis. And now we have around, I would say, four or five that order every week, and maybe ten that order maybe once or twice a month. So it's, it's growing. It's a start. And it was, it, we're ahead of what we expected. And God is really blessing. Um, and unfortunately, I'll just share with you, um, we're still learning. And uh, <laughs> we don't know everything. And right during Christmas break, 
right at the end of uh, December, we had some really cold weather in Tennessee. And we had row covers over some of our stuff, but we only had single layers over some, and some didn't have any row covers inside of our greenhouses. So when the cold weather came through, unfortunately, we lost all of our lettuce, and we lost um, our Chinese cabbage, we lost our bok choy, and we lost a few other things. Um, and so we learned, learned a few things. But, and at first we thought we had lost everything. But praise the Lord, our spinach was fine, which is, makes sense, but our spinach was fine, our kale, our Swiss chard came back, um, some of our other greens, our radishes, our carrots are still fine. So we still have some things, but we're still learning. We haven't figured everything out, but God is really, really blessed. We just started growing, actually started preparing the ground in September. And this is what you see. This is what happened. This is how God is blessed. And so um, we're excited to see what's going to happen in the future. Um, we don't know. We want to keep growing. We want to keep expanding. We want to keep learning. And uh, it's been an awesome experience for me as a staff member working at the school to be learning along with the students. So not only are we teaching them what we know, but we're learning with them. And I think that's really, really awesome. I think that's really powerful. And then they have the opportunity to go and teach their classmates. So they're not only learning, but they're teaching their classmates when their classmates come in the garden. And so I think it's just... It's so awesome. I'm really, really blessed to be part of this program. Do you want to talk? Sure. Rob, tell us why do you like gardening? <laughs> why do I like gardening? Um, the question was why I like gardening. <laughs> well, I've always, uh, I grew up with my parents having a, a garden every single year, and um, I, I didn't like it when I was growing up. Um, but I don't know, something about, you know, food is, you know, I really like eating, and I like eating healthily, and it's hard to find healthy food, so that's kind of what got me started in growing my own healthy food, and actually, I found that I love it, and so that's why I have a passion about gardening, is because I know a lot of these students, they don't like it first off, okay? These guys will probably tell you, even the master gardeners, sometimes they don't like it, and sometimes it's hard, but once you, I mean, you can come to love it, okay? That's what's happened to me. I used to hate it, weeding in the garden, oh, that was the worst thing ever. But I've come to love it now, and so I want to share that with these students. They may not go into uh, the field of agriculture as their career or something, but they can learn to experience the joys of agriculture. Maybe they'll have a home garden or, you know, a patio garden or something like that, and they can experience the joys of growing things, you know, the, the blessing of seeing things grow, you know, the way God blesses. So I think that's really, yes. Um, when you take this beautiful kale and uh, Swiss chard up to the cafeteria, <coughs> Okay, so the question was, when we take the produce up to the cafeteria, do the students eat it? And the students just all said that, yes, they eat it. They love it. And it's crazy. We have these salad bowls that would look, you would think they would be a bowl that would be big enough for a family. I mean, they're like this, this deep, and a mixing bowl. Yeah, and they will fill that thing with the salad from the garden. And there's not just one student that does that. Maybe 10, 12, 15 students that will do that. Just about every student will at least get a small salad. And so they are excited about it. And they, they in the past... Like, ah, oh, we don't want to eat stuff in the garden. You know, it's got worms, it's got dirt, it's got bugs, it looks nasty. Um, but we have that sink in the garden, so we make sure we get it really clean before we take it up there so they don't see that stuff <laughs> in the salad bar. They see it in the garden, but they don't see it in the salad bar. And it's really helped. They, they love it, and they're really enjoying eating it. So it's, it's really awesome. Do you have any 
Okay, so um, the question was again about the child labor laws and how long they work a day. So yes, they are required to work three and a half hours a day. That's part of their uh, uh, the education experience. And so um, the tuition is cheaper. That's kind of factored in with the work that they put in. But yes, there are some issues um, with if we just had them working, there would be issues with the child labor law. But we have we're just starting a new program that we're implementing, and it's actually turning it more from work to vocational education. So we have a vocational ethics class, and we teach them about the different ethics that are involved with working, and we have them rotating through different jobs throughout the year. So it's more of a vocational education program than just a work program. And so that's how it can comply with the child labor laws. If it was just a work program, it, would, it wouldn't work. We would be in trouble. But we, turn, we use it more as an educational experience, and it works that way. Yes. Oh, when I saw you, the first picture of the greenhouse, are they heated at all? Our greenhouses are not heated in any uh, way. Are they double wall? They are not. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> they are not. We started with what we had. Right. So, yeah. Yes. What did you do for your aphids and other pests? Okay, we used a neem oil extract. What? Repeat. Oh, sorry. Your question was, uh, the question was, what do we do for aphids and the other pests? So for the aphids, we, okay, we just gave them a really good watering. And then we used a neem oil extract spray. I believe that's what we had used. Um, and that took care of it pretty well. And then we took some of the really, the plants that were really bad, they were really attacked. We just took those out and got rid of them and fed them to the goats and the chickens. <laughs> so, yeah. Any other questions? <laughs> yes. Um, like you have the master gardeners here. Yeah. So when other students come to the, So yeah, so the question was, uh, what do the master gardeners um, do when the other classmates come? Like, how do they supervise it? And the answer is yes, they do. They get to lead out, and because they've learned, they understand what we're doing, and so they can guide and help guide and instruct their classmates um, in what needs to be done and how to do it. Um, and so that's really cool. Um, I think you guys enjoy it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the question was, was there any friction or any problems with over with having some students, I guess, being over or supervising other students? And I haven't really seen that, no. They respect it, and they listen pretty well to the, um, what their friends and their, I guess, their supervisor, their classmates are um, sharing with them. And so it's worked pretty well. How did yeah. you get them to that point? <laughs> well, the question was, how do we get them to that point? And it's because they're working along with us from the beginning. So they are learning, and we, as we're going through what, uh, what things that we're doing, we're telling them, and teaching them why we're doing it, you know, how to do it. And when we make a mistake, we say, take them out there and look, what happened? What do we do wrong? You know, and we work through it with them. So they're learning everything that we're learning. And so they are working along with us. Um, and so, yeah, they're, lear they're learning it as they go. So. I, th I think the question was more as, how, how did we get them as master gardeners? So what we did in the beginning of the year, we would ask the students, if you're uh, interested in being a uh, a master gardener, sorry, a master gardener sign up. So we would go interview them. 
we would talk to them. What is your passion? What would you like to do? If it's, if it's just to get out of class, no. That's it, no, not going to happen. It's, you have to have a passion for it. So that's, that's one way. That's what we did in the beginning of the year, and that's how we have four, one from each grade level. Yes. No. So, so the question is, what, what is, what, what the, how, how long do the Master Gardeners stay with the Master Gardeners program? So they are, stay, they are with us the whole year. Yeah, one-year commitment. Yes, that's what it is. So th- they do not change out. They're Master Gardeners. They're with us. Like, for example, like all our other vocational programs, they do change half a semester or, or for the semester. And, but there's a couple that don't. So these, they stay with us the whole year. Any other questions? Yes. Is that, you know, the county extension service has a master gardener classification. Mm-hmm. Do they fulfill that with their requirements? Or is this, is this a title that you've come up with? This is a title that the, that we as a school came up with, yes. Um, but if, if needed, I mean, we could probably go to the county and see what the requirements are, and I'm sure it's going to be pretty much the same, unless, unless they take classes aside. Yes. 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 The the statement is it it would be good for the whole year because every season you plant something different and they will get more experience. Yes, that is correct. Any other questions? Is this the first year you've done the master gardening? This is the first year that we did the master gardening. Yes. They could be if they do not graduate. We will, we'll, I'm sure there, there might be an opportunity, but they're also, because the new vocational program that, that, new vocational program that we have, you move up by levels. So if they move up, they can actually become kind of like my assistant or our assistant, and they can be even, they're more, even involved more, if that sounds right. Um, I mean, if, if go ahead. Oh, uh, did you have this plan that you talked about that you implemented with the Master Gardeners and your whole garden? Is that written down somewhere? Did you bring that with you? Or? We, we did not. We did not. That was a part of our proposal to the board, to the school board. Yeah, I didn't know you uh, brought yeah. it with you to, to yeah. share how you actually put it into practice. That, that was my question. So. How do we put it together? Well, we no, I mean, how you, how you put, you know, like, you had this idea about master gardeners and what you wanted to do and all that stuff, and you say you presented it to the board. Did you bring that paper or whatever you presented it to, or did you just talk to them about the plan? No, no, we, we presented it to them. We gave them the proposal, but we didn't bring it along with us. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's, it's all laid out. Okay. So. All right, so the question was, do, do we have the proposal that we presented to the board? Uh, I'm sure we can get it to you if you really want it, yes. <laughs> so if, 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 any other, if you think throughout the day any other questions come up, write them down. We'll probably be here from, I think it was from 4 to 5. 4 to 5, and we'll go on the round table, and we'll go through and talk it up, talk to whatever questions I you need. Yes. think just um, kind of same thing repeated after uh, when they were asking if they will be eligible for next year. And I think it will be yes, but also the whole purpose will be to train more. Master Gardeners. So yeah. the more people that are involved, 
So we wouldn't want to limit them to be the only one to get the experience through high school. It would be great that they could have more experience, but you want to get more kids to go through that filter and get more master gardeners out. Right. So the statement was for the individuals, for the master gardeners that are involved this year, are they going to be able to be master gardeners next year? Uh, there, there'll be an opportunity, but then also we do want to train new students or new master gardeners every year so that they can take it home and do it at home. Or if not, come back after they graduate ministry. and do it as ministry. Yes. Either way. Yes. And as, uh, uh, yes. No, this, this is just the staff that came with us today. There's actually four. Yeah, there's, there's one more staff. And there's, uh, and actually, teachers, teachers come up. Teachers come on down when they have a free period or, or when they have a free hour, they'll come on down and help with us too. So it's, so it's, so it's, not, it's, it's not just us there all the time. It's, we have more staff coming in. Right. Would you pray for us? Sure. Well, let's go, ahead and pr- let's go ahead and close and pray, and then we'll go ahead and get something to eat. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the sun shining. Father, we ask that you be with each individual here. Not, in just, not just this room, but on this whole campus, that you touch their heart, that you touch their, their, their interests, and that you have them do something that they're passionate about. Father, we thank you for helping us uh, revamp the uh, agriculture program here at Heritage. Father, and we thank you in advance of what you're going to be doing. Father, we, we thank you for getting us here safely, uh, for getting everybody else here safely. Father, we, we love you. And now that as we depart, that you um, be with the food, be with the people that prepared the food, bless their hands, bless the food, let it be nutritious for us, um, and let us have a uh, nice sunny day. We can re- not just hold relax, but enjoy not just time with each other, but enjoy time with you. Uh, we thank you, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.